There was so much going on. Wait, another special treat the NHL provided us with last night. Gary Bettman, his his uh, oh, yeah. strong stance on Arizona. No relocation for the next 30 years. Yeah. Uh, an all-star game at some point, he said. I wish anyone believed in me the way that Gary Bettman believes in that team. And with yeah. that, let's bring in our TSN hockey analyst, Mike Johnson. How's it going this rainy Wednesday? Wednesday. Um, <laughs> I believe in you. As much Aww. as Gary believes in the Sun Belt market of the Arizona and all of the surrounding <laughs> suburbs, <laughs> yes, you're not going anywhere for 30 years either, Julia. Yeah, no, it's amazing, and, I, and I'm listening to that, and, and like I'm not exactly sure. You know, I don't, I don't, I'd have to read the terms of the offer. But like, is he guaranteeing the team will never move? Is is that the NHL's guarantee, or is that the owner's guarantee? But what if the owner goes bankrupt? And then this, what does that what does that guarantee mean? I, you know, there's probably a little bit more nuance to it. It's a big commitment, but I'm not sure exactly how that plays out. Um, but who knows? It's another building that's going to get paid for in large part by by the public. I think 500 of the 700 million dollars required to build the rink is going to come from tax breaks or whatever. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I'm assuming it's going to pass because these things tend to pass in America. But I guess we never should assume anything at this point. Well, I'd be curious how the people of Tempe kind of think about. I mean, right. they, they barely go out to these games as is, and now they got to fund majority yeah. of this rink. It's a really interesting situation that's going on there. I mean, clearly Bettman believes in it. Austin Matthews, the guy here, is kind of a product of hey, look what can be built if you just have a presence inside some of these markets so like that's he's really piggybacks on austin matthews becoming a superstar in the league and i mean hopefully there is some success in in arizona hopefully they do end up picking it up and and the fan base kind of latches on because what we know in sports is is winning heals all wounds right if that team Mm -hmm. ends up winning if they end up you know getting a couple of solid draft picks and they can build a team I mean, if you build it, they will come. And I think that probably will end up happening in Arizona. Because I think when, when they went on their little run, I mean, it's almost a decade now, but like a while ago, they, they had some yeah. people in the building. I mean, you played there. Yes. I'm well, like, yeah. But like, what I think people like to bag on, on Arizona, but think about around the NHL and around all the professional sports in the United States and in Canada, for that matter, how many teams sell out and are well-supported if they're no good. Across all, hundred, whatever, 120 professional sports teams. Like the NFL, a lot, you know, largely that's the case. But for basketball, baseball, and hockey, if you're no good, like take a look at Kansas City's fans in the in middle of July. Yeah, There might be 10,000 people at a game. Take a look at, Pittsburgh. Um, you know, Charlotte's, uh, you know, stands when they're out of the, you know, like the NBA doesn't, like there's a, not many teams sell out regardless of how you do. When you're good, you're supported. When you're not, it wanes. And I think Arizona is no different than that. Uh, it's just that they haven't been good for most of the time. So so we'll see. But the, the only other concern for me before we get off the Arizona tangent is, like, they're just kind of taking it to vote. Like, what's the time frame on this? Is yeah. it three more hockey, like this season, plus two more at least for sure? Like, you're talking maybe three years in the, in the ASU building. Could be four. Um, like that's, <laughs> you need a 30 year commitment if you're going to go four years through a minor league stadium just to get to that 30 years. So that's the part that's a little bit interesting because if it all goes smoothly, at least two more years, three full seasons at ASU, that seems like that's a pretty long time to play in a, a non NHL regulation yeah. building. Yeah, interesting scenario. At least Mellon Arena is is a good time, it seems like. Uh, that's our TSN hockey analyst, Mike Johnson, on the phone right now. Uh, MJ, I'm going to put you on the spot. You're, we were trying mm-hmm. to dig it up this morning. I've You're got lo- it. Oh, you have it? I've got you the scoundrel. Number. Okay, what is number. it? 
So your longest point streak of your career, MJ, do you know the number? Six games? Seven games. Ooh. Sold yourself short. That's pretty seven good. Seven game point yeah. streak. We got Mitch Marner coming in on a 17 game point streak. Yeah, well, goals are up, though, AB. So that's probably, I would probably be on 17. <laughs> that's true. That's probably it. <laughs> got to adjust to the era. Got to be it. Yeah. Uh, what's the mentality that you think Marner goes into this game with? How do you balance the idea of knowing you can make history? He's got some family in the stands, but also just, just trying to play your game. I always find that balance interesting. Yeah, I mean, well, I think for Mitch, he's been on several long point streaks. He's got, you know, he's a 100-point player. He's one of the best in the world. So I think riding a hot streak and getting to, you know, double digits in games probably wouldn't affect him and weigh on his mind like it would a player like, like me, where, like, I don't do this very often or ever, so it, it would mean more because he kind of runs off a 10-game point streak seemingly every year. So I would think in that sense he'd be okay with it. But tonight's the night. Like, tonight's the night if he gets it, he ties the record. He's part of Maple Leaf franchise history forever or until the next guy puts up 19 games. Um, so probably tonight might be the first night that he is thinking about it. But he's such a prolific point producer. Alliteration. But that's been, like, and he has been for a long time, um, that I think he'll just be like, yeah, let's go play. Because whatever he's doing, it's clearly working. And I think he's got a great opportunity tonight. San Jose played last night. They won a game. So they're feeling pretty good about themselves. Going back to back, Toronto's rested. Like, it feels like a night where there should be some opportunities to create goals in which Mitch is involved in just about everything that Toronto does. So, um, yeah, I, I think he will be okay because he's always used to kind of being up there doing these kind of things. Yeah, I think Aaron Dell, I believe, will be starting tonight. Kakinen uh, started last night, and no Reimer on the IR. Um, hmm. So I, I, we were having this conversation yesterday, and it kind of made me think a little bit more throughout the night. I want to get your thoughts on this. I have a little bit of a theory here, MJ. Let me know if I'm on base or off base, but... When I look at what the Toronto Maple Leafs have done, and I try and you know summarize to this point how they've performed throughout the entire season, not just November, but also early on through the first couple of months here, I almost get the sense that this team's identity is dictated by the play of Mitch Marner. When that guy's on, and when he's playing at the level he is like he is right now, playing with confidence, playing with, with, uh, with a little bit of buzz, playing with, what's the buzzword that he <laughs> uses a lot? That he's using right now. He's buzzing. buzzing. There it is. Okay. (laughs) He's playing with a bit of a buzz out there. I mean, what what do you think about that? Is 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 that something that you could kind of chew on, or or do you think I'm a little off base here? Well, his buzz is entirely different than like the buzz you play at men's league. It's an entirely different kind of uh, (laughs) feeling he's got going. Like, so I, I think there's a merit to that because I think he's that good, right? Like that's like saying. You know, Edmonton goes great when Leon Drysaddle's producing. Like, oh, yeah, like that makes a lot of sense because when you're as good as those players are, when they are playing well, they, they can impact games more than other players. But I think Austin, you know, was a singularly dominant player last year along with Mitch. But, you know, what he was doing was so outrageously prolific. You know, he was production-wise the guy, but I do think attitude-wise maybe what you're latching onto here. For, I, for Mitch, because I think it's more like, so even like off puck play, like the way that Mitch has played yeah, off the puck right. in the last little bit has really been the the big reason to me why the Maple Leafs have had this sudden surge over the last couple of weeks, and it's been uh, really because he's been on fire in that regard. Well, I think you might be putting like yes, he's been good there, but I think you might be putting a little too much. It's not like he's been alone being good away from the puck, yeah, right. So I mean, I think you might be putting too much stock that his play away from the puck was 
poor, terrible, like, you know, that much poorer before, or is that great now? Like, it's been very good. That's how he creates his offense by being, you know, active on the forecheck and being good defensively and blocking shots and killing penalties, all those things he does. You're right. But to me, I mean, I think one feeds the other, right? Like, when he plays well away from the puck, when he plays well defensively, he gets the puck more often. He gets it in better places. He's moving his feet. He scores more points. So they're all kind of tied in together. But what I think, A.B., maybe some of, like, being down around that team, if you think about the big four guys, and even Morgan, if he's the fifth guy when he's healthy, Austin is, like, relatively stoic out on the ice. He's, you know, they're all intense and passionate, but he's relatively stoic. William Nylander looks like he could have a nap at any minute. <laughs> yeah. So, Tavares is, is, could, like, should be wearing a suit and a button down below his, jer- his jersey. And Morgan <laughs> Riley should be sitting in a rocking chair. He's like the wise old veteran of them all. He's not old. But you know what I mean? Like personality-wise. Right. And Mitch is like the frenetic kid who like bouncing around. And I think that energy that he brings, that he plays with, that is even more pronounced when he's productive, is something that all teams need, including Toronto, because their best players aren't all wired that way and that's healthy they all shouldn't be the same but i think mitch brings something unique personality and energy and verbally and all that stuff to me i think that's that's where you want to talk about you know mitch driving this team i think that's the thing that he brings that you know none of the other top players bring to the same degree yeah, I think that's more along the lines of the conversation we were having. Maybe he's more the uh, emotional pulse or the emotional compass. I, I feel like I've heard mm-hmm. him referred to as the engine of the Maple Leafs before because he's kind of an emotional guy. We were having this talk yesterday when things were kind of rough at the beginning of the season. He wore it on his face. And, and now that things are so good, uh, you can see him bouncing around the rink like an en- Energizer bunny. Y- yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and... and like there's probably a bit of a danger to ride the ups and downs too much yeah. in Toronto because they can be pronounced when you're as good as those guys are. But I, I'm with you. I, 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 you can kind of feel it that he can try. Like he can he can bring the rest of the group up with his energy, along with his great play with the puck, without the puck. I mean, he, he's been incredibly consistent, even when his slow start was happening. Uh, the Leafs have played whatever twenty four games now, whatever it is, and he's got points in like twenty one of them or something. Like, like every single night, he's out there producing, which is what he is supposed to do. Um, so it's been a it's been a great start for him. And you come this far, AB, you're like thinking, okay, well, listen, I'm one game away. I, I might as well get there because it's been a month and a half. Uh, you'd hate for him to come up short tonight and not pick up a point when he's just one game away from tying the record. Hey, you know they're gonna force feed him the puck. Too, oh yeah, just to see what he can do, see if he can get it in a goal in a way. I know he's you know no more as a passer and a playmaker, but you know that he's gonna get fit. It was like when Austin was trying to get 50th or his 54th yeah. and his 60th. Yeah. kind of started to force him the puck a little bit in the first period. I hope that that doesn't happen, but we we see it happen every time. Guys want to see that occur. Um, hopefully yeah. they can get it out of the way early so they can go on and play their game. I, you know what? I can only see that happening, like not in the course of normal play. But if they're the two-on-one, mm-hmm. like get it to him early to make sure you get the touch in. Or if there was an empty netter, like no one is shooting the puck yeah. in the empty net until Mitch Marner touches the puck. Like right. I will skate into the crease, turn around, say, "Where are you? I got to give it to you. I'm not putting it in until you're here." So you know, maybe in situations, but um, I don't know if it'll be too much in the course of normal play, which is a good thing. I mean, you don't want it to be too often. But you also love the sentiment of guys wanting to see one of their buddies, one of their teammates achieve something, something historic, which Mitch is on the edge of doing tonight. And it, it's like good on this Leaf team. Right? Think about where they're at, guys, where 
start the year, it doesn't go great. They have the trip out west. The people are talking about this team is no good, and they're stopped, and Sheldon keep fired, and Dubas and the goalies, and they like it's all the sky's falling after seven games. And now here they are climbing back up, whatever they are, fourth or fifth in the standings. They're inside the playoff picture pretty comfortably. You got, again, Mitch Marner, one of the big four, doing something historic. Last year was Austin getting 60 and passing Rick Five. This year it, it could be like They find ways to like be continually excellent and make us pay attention when it feels like so much of the market wants to say, well, who cares? Yeah. Like, so much of the market is so quick to say it doesn't matter or uh, prove in the playoffs or I'm so sick of it. Like, and yet every year they go out there and play great and do great things. Like, it's so impressive how they're just able to roll a bit and be excellent year after year, finding new ways to kind of prove to people if there are any doubters, and it seems like there were, that they're, they're really good, and you should appreciate them for how good they are. Well, maybe the king of doubters in this city is William Nylander in this market, but he's been <laughs> sneaky so good this year. I mean, it's overshadowed right now but by what uh, Mitch Marner's doing, but 13 goals on the season. Nine is last 12. Yeah, so good. What, what growth have you noticed in him this season? Well, I mean, he's, he was pretty good last year, too, right? He was yeah. a point-of-game player virtually last year. I feel so like there was conversations watched, last year with, with Keith and, and Nylander about taking a bigger step as a leader, and, and I feel like we've seen that. Well, I mean, it's, that's hard for me to say, Julia, because I'm not in the room. Right. I don't know what goes on. Like, leadership is kind of a very, you know, intangible thing. Like, what's... Uh, what 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 is leadership? What who does it? Who doesn't? I feel like to me it's um, consistency. Like I feel like right. we're getting more consistency night in night out from him, and and a, a commitment to maybe playing more of a two hundred foot game. Yeah, like I don't know if yeah. he's going to be a rah rah guy, but he's yeah. he's leading by example right now. Yeah, so I mean certainly like like playing well is a big part of leadership, and I think maybe you're onto something there where you know watching him, he, he like the game against Minnesota, which was not a great game for the least, but. Like, I thought he was excellent. Like, I, I think, you know, his engagement in his own end, his engagement, like, off the puck uh, has been has been good. And I think that's, if you're going to, like, you, no one is going to criticize what William Nylander does when he has it because he's amazing with it, right? Yeah. No one's going to say, oh, look at him. Look at him. He's really good with the puck off the rush this year. Well, no, that's every year. But I think, you know, just being more plugged in when he doesn't have it on his stick, uh, when he's trying to get it back, is probably an area that he could have improved on. And I think he has taken a step in that regard. Uh, this year and yeah he's just been like steady solid excellent more games than not doing exactly what you would expect and count on him to do Um, and he's got an underrated shot he's probably got the second best shot on the team behind Austin and I think he's showing that when he gets it inside 30 feet he's dangerous can beat goaltenders as he's been doing lately oh disrespect to the rocket by uh, Rasmus Sandin Robertson Oh, yeah. Remember Austin said Robertson's got the best shot in, uh, in preseason. Oh, wow. <laughs> we haven't yeah, seen yeah, it, though. It, we it, haven't been able to it, see it. That's the problem. Although, like, you have to take the shot in games <laughs> to show me how good it is. You can't just take him in practice. That's right. He is going to get back into the lineup tonight, Preseason though, so king, we'll, man. We'll, we'll see if he can show off that shot tonight uh, on the fourth line. We're chatting with Mike Johnson, our TSN hockey, uh, hockey analyst. We were chatting yesterday, too, about uh, we kind of did our quarterway mark awards, and we're going through some of the best players on the team under you know disappointing players and we did unsung hero and, and who I thought of was Sheldon Keefe as an unsung hero I mean how much credit do you think he deserves for the turnaround that this team has had over the course of this month I think he deserves a lot like I, I don't know like what do you I mean uh, what do you want you want Stanley Cup is what you want <laughs> but as far as as far as regular season what more could you possibly want from a from a coach like Sheldon Keefe has one of the best winning percentage in the history of the game 
through whatever, the first 200 games of your career. So, um, you know, he's intense. He tried to pull some strings that he acknowledged he didn't really want to have to pull, whether it's calling guys out after some losses early, um, you know, kind of like being a little bit more heavy-handed, which he didn't want to do early. But, you know, he's found a way to get the team to play winning hockey and to win games when they haven't been at their best. He's got the team to be more uh, attentive defensively and be stronger in their system. And he's got the team to believe that even without their three best defensemen, they're totally fine. And they've integrated six, seven, eight, nine different defensemen, 10, 11 defensemen this year, and they're going to be fine. So, yeah, I think he deserves a lot of credit. He's been blessed with a really good team. The players always deserve most of it, but I certainly doesn't think, don't think he deserves any criticism for what he's done this year. He deserves to be uh, recognized for doing the good job he's done. Yeah. Let's go around the league a little bit. It was a bit of a wild night in, in the NHL mm-hmm. last night. Were you as, as taken aback as I was when I was doing my nightly peruse of the scores and, and checking out what was going on in L.A. versus Seattle and, and having to throw that game Eight, on? Six in the second period. Like, what is going on? Yeah. so confused. You're like, what the hell? Like, what is <laughs> like, like, I was trying to think. Uh, you, maybe you did the research. There's no way I was ever involved in an NHL game with 17 goals. There's absolutely <laughs> no way. Uh, I think I was, I was involved like two or three over the course of my career where I was on a team that scored 10, but we didn't give up seven. Um, like it's just, it's just bananas. And I always laugh, but when you leave a game like that, it's such a weird feeling for both teams because I mean, we went to overtime, so they both got a point. And like it's, like it's hard to feel like no one really played well but everyone scored a ton. So everyone's kind of walking out of the rink feeling, yeah, I picked up a goal. I got an assist. <laughs> yeah. I'm like three points. Like, yeah, don't worry about the goals against. I don't worry about the PK. Cause, like everyone kind of got healthy. So unless you're the goaltender or the penalty kill coach, you're like, yeah, you know what? We'll take one of those every now and then, even though um, that is not at all the way either one of those teams want to play. But it's another reminder that uh, Seattle, I think, currently is fourth in the league in goals per game. I mean, it helps when you score nine, but like they're fourth. Yeah. So this idea that Seattle kind of has to win 3-2 and they're defending their way, not the case. Like, they are scoring with their depth. No star no star forwards, but a whole bunch of really good ones that are playing really well right Dude, now. So this Matty Brenner's kid. Message. This Matty yeah, Brenner's kid looks yeah, like a star. On the he's rise. got 11 points his last five games, Johnny. Yeah, he's basically almost a point. I mean, he had nine points in 10 games last year. I think he's up to, what, 18 and 21 this year. I mean, he's almost a point-a-game player to start his career. Um yeah, and he's, he's very, very good. And he's in a good spot, right? Like how many first or second, I guess, first-year centermen get to, get to play first-line center, first-line power play? Like almost none. McDavid, Matthews, like those kind of players maybe get that opportunity. But most players have to kind of work their way up the, 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 the lineup. Uh, but Beniers was, I think, helped so much by turning pro last year and getting those games under his belt, getting comfortable. And, you know, he's the Calder favorite probably should be, yeah. uh, and he's stretching it out a little bit now with his offensive game. Yeah, hard yeah, to those, see. Those, those plus 450 tickets look pretty good uh, mm-hmm. that you're placing back in September. Um, MJ, I, I feel like on this show we've been... I don't know if we've said the words Winnipeg Jets yes this year, except for that one game where the Leafs played really well against them, but I, I think it's time that we have to hand out some flowers. Huge win over the defending cup champs last night. Uh, what can you say about the Winnipeg Jets and their start to the season? Because we have, have admittedly not been paying enough attention, obviously. Okay, well, I'm, I'm throwing the biggest bouquet right at the feet of Connor Hellebuck. Yep. Uh, because 
the first month of the year, he's the reason they won most of the games. They weren't playing great. Eric Bonus, their new coach, was, you know, unfortunately sidelined with COVID. So they were making a big transition. Blake Wheeler stripped of the captaincy, figuring that out. Nick Ehlers, one of their best forwards, not playing. So they had a lot going on, but they were still winning games because Connor Hellebuck playing like the best goal in the world, which he has done before, which he is capable of doing for long, long stretches. But the, the, the good news for Winnipeg is that slowly, they're not there yet. They're not, you know, dominating five on five, but slowly they're improving. And now they're getting the same quality goaltending, like again last night where they, they whitewashed, uh, they waxed uh, Colorado 5 nothing. Um, and, but they, but they're getting a little bit more scoring. Wheeler's having a decent year offensively. Shifley, Cole Perfetti's been, been solid as well. Morrissey. And the emergency of Josh Norrissey, which <laughs> nice. I think is just a tremendous nickname. <laughs> nice. Um, and, and his play has, has made them absolutely legit and they have room to grow. That's the scary part. They can get better still than they have been so far. Um, cause largely it was carried by Connor Hellebuck. So yeah, it's been really impressive. It's been really impressive for a team that could have gone in the entirely, di- like you could have told me, Julia, that on December 1st, the Jets were in 13th place in the Western Conference. And I'm like, yeah, to- it's totally possible. Yeah, me too. You know, based on everything that happened and their coach and everything like that. And so in that sense, I'm, uh, I, I, you have to be impressed with how well they've done. Yeah. Almost. I don't know if it's an indictment on Paul Maurice, but leaves Winnipeg, they start surging, goes to Florida. Has been a great uh, a great start for them, and you know, they took another L last night. Uh, Hubie's better chance. Hubie's better chance coming through. It was a crazy night in the NHL last night, but uh, that's all we got time to chat about with you, unfortunately. <laughs> we could go another 45 minutes chatting about the wild night in the NHL, but uh, unfortunately we got to go. But appreciate the time, as always, MJ. We'll chat again next week. All right, guys. Have a great day. All right, you too.